Hey, what's happening? Thanks for joining us. Caboose Pistol Podcast for July 9th, 2020. John Lund with you from KNBR Radio in San Francisco. Thank you so much for joining us. Great podcast today, not overselling. I will say this before we get to today's leadoff. Uh, just saw a tweet from TMZ in regards to Kanye West. It says he's in the midst of a bipolar episode and the family is concerned. Oh, yeah, he's going to be our president. If it's 2020, he's going to be our president. Uh, a lot of good stuff today. We will start it off, as I said, with the leadoff. Funny sound. We always lead it with a caboose. Do remember that I love and would love for you to get involved in the podcast. There's a number of different ways. First of all, any and all stories that we discuss on the Caboose Pistol podcast can be further seen, talked about, especially with video or whatever. We write stories about it at CaboosePistol.com, CaboosePistol.com. You can get in touch very easily if you want to leave your voice on a voicemail, 508-296-4949. I'd love to hear you. We're going to do, we do a feedback section right before the Caboose Pistol. Caboose uh, Pistol ends the show, and I like to get interaction from Listeners, so there's a couple of different ways you can do it, but the best way I think is to hear your voice so that we don't have to hear my voice the entire podcast. 508 296 4949. You leave a message there, I'll pick the best ones. Feedback, questions, etc. At Caboose Pistol on social media, especially Twitter, at John Lund Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. And again, Facebook, or excuse me, Caboose Pistol.com. Without further ado, let's get going. It is time the big lead. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, I feel like I say this almost every uh, podcast. For the leadoff, I, I, I want to have fun. There's a few sports stories, a few regular stories. The Caboose Pistol, like I said, if you've never heard about the Caboose Pistol brand, All you have to do is go to CabooseBistol.com and on a, in under About, the menu About, you can get more information on it. So by its very nature, we just like to have fun, but there's a lot of seriousness, seriousness going on uh, in the world and in the sports world right now. And uh, so it reflects that as we lead off with this today. Julian Edelman, I don't know if you saw it today on Instagram, but he responded, he is Jewish, and he responded to Deshaun Jackson. Of course, Deshaun Jackson and his anti-Semitic remarks uh, a couple of days ago. And um, the Eagles haven't done anything so far. We haven't seen anything. Obviously, they've released a statement. I shouldn't say they haven't done anything. They released a statement, but we don't know past that. They do have a Jewish owner and a Jewish general manager. But Julian Edelman is Jewish, and he waited a couple of days and had some thoughtful comments, and we wanted to play them for you, and then we shall discuss. Here he is, the Patriots wide receiver, in response to what Deshaun Jackson said and posted a couple of days ago on his Instagram. I've been getting hit up by everyone asking me about this Deshaun Jackson post and I wanted to take some time before I responded because it's a complicated issue and I wanted to be thoughtful. I wrote down some of my thinking. I've seen Deshaun play in his career, make outstanding football plays, we've communicated over social media. I've got nothing but respect for his game. I know he said some ugly things, but I do see an opportunity to have a conversation. I'm proud of my Jewish heritage. And for me, it's not just about religion. It's about community and culture as well. I'm unusual 
because I didn't identify as Jewish until later in my life. Whenever I encountered hatred, it never really felt like it was aimed at me. It was only after I was part of this community that I learned how destructive hate is. Anti-Semitism is one of the oldest forms of hatred. It's rooted in ignorance and fear. I remember experiencing a little bit of this hate in 2011 when I was called a kike on the football field. There's no room for anti-Semitism in, in this world. Even though we're talking about anti-Semitism, I don't want to distract from how important the Black Lives Matter movement is and how we need to stay behind it. I think the black and Jewish communities have a lot of similarities. One unfortunate similarity is that they are both attacked by the ignorant and the hateful. It's really hard to see the challenges a community can face when you're not part of it. So what we need to do is we need to listen, we need to learn, we need to act. We need to have those uncomfortable conversations if we're gonna have real change. So to that end, Desham, let's do a deal. How about we go to DC and I take you to the Holocaust Museum and then you take me to the Museum of African American History and Culture. Afterwards, we grab some burgers and we have those uncomfortable conversations. This world needs a little more love, compassion, and empathy. Take care. Well done, Julian Edelman. Uh, the Caboose Pistol Podcast, and that is your leadoff for today, July 9th, 2020. There's a, there's a number of different things that I'd like to unpack there. Um, Julian Edelman is offering up a solution. Julian Edelman is not talking. He's talking, but there is action at the end of what he is saying there. He is simply saying, look, there's a misunderstanding with you and Jewish culture, and there's a misunderstanding with me and black and African-American culture. So let's meet and let's work it out. Now, if I'm Deshaun Jackson, I've already made that call. I don't need to do it. I don't need to do an Instagram. I don't need to do anything. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. As of this uh, recording, which is July 9th in the afternoon here on the West Coast, I haven't heard anything that Deshaun Jackson's going to do. But those are the type of things, as we are trying to learn through this, uh, I, I've admitted this before. I've admitted it on my show on KMBR. I need to be better. I've been naive uh, I didn't think some of the things that people said were happening were happening. I just, I, I lived in my world and I didn't, I didn't think about it. But now that it is at our front door, as Julian Edelman said, let's not lose focus on the Black Lives Matter movement, as he pointed out, but let's have more compassion. Let's have more understanding. Look, I've said this before on the podcast, all hate is hate. Let's end it all. If not now, when? Racism, religious oppression, sexism, whatever it is that we're talking about here, we're all just people. We're trying to live the best life we can. It's difficult right now. Uh, these things are learned, as many people uh, discuss, and as is obvious. This is learned. It can be unlearned. We can get smarter if we are willing to learn. Now is the time. A great message from Julian Edelman to Deshaun Jackson, and I would imagine that this is going to happen, and that from Julian Edelman's Instagram uh, this morning. All right, it is time for your five stories. We'll try to get through them as quickly as possible. The most watched sports of 2020 came out today in the NFL. 
uh, is king. Now, no baseball so far, obviously. There's some last dance in there. But what's interesting about it is, and again, first half of the year, and with no baseball, with the NBA taking a break, all those kind of things, the number one sports program of the year, and it's not surprising, and it wouldn't matter what was played and what wasn't, was the Chiefs and the 49ers in Super Bowl 54 with a 41.6 rating, which is over 100 million viewers. But the thing that's interesting at that point, number two, Packers 49ers, number three, Titans Chiefs, number four, Seahawks Packers, these are all playoff games, Texans Chiefs, number five, Seahawks Eagles, NFC wildcard. I can do this all day long until you get to number 11, the top 11 most sport, uh, watched shows uh, as far as sports, all NFL games, all playoff games. At 12, LSU Clemson National Championship. Then you get into the NFL draft. You start to get to some bowl games. The draft, by the way, was 12th. The, you finally see uh, something NBA 20th. The NBA All-Star game was 20th most watched. Then right after that, the last dance, 21st most watched program. The first episode, which had 6.34 million people, was 21st. NASCAR, 22. Then a bunch of last dance again. Tiger versus Phil. The match to Tiger and Peyton versus Phil and Brady comes up 27th. 5.67 people watched. 5.67 million people watch that. NBA at 33 again with All-Star Saturday. So the All-Star game... Didn't do great. Uh, There was an NBA Blazers-Lakers tribute game for Kobe Bryant. That came in in the top 40 as well. By the way, the one thing I wanted to mention to just tell you the dominance of uh, what the NFL is, the NFL Pro Bowl, which everybody bitches and moans and says we don't want to watch and everything like that, was 18th as far as most watched programs of the first half of 2020, a 4.9 rating, which is about 8 million people watch that thing. Before any NBA uh, came up on the board, the Pro Bowl came up. So if there's any question in your mind of how dominant football is, the top-rated shows, sports shows, I should say, of uh, 2020, the first half is in, and it is dominated, not surprisingly, by the NFL. Number two on your top five today. Uh, I saw this... I, would, I don't use Cameo. Uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by Cameo. If you don't either, basically what it is, is a bunch of celebrities, mostly has been or never was celebrities, who charge you for a message, like birthdays, anniversaries, things like that. So I read where Floyd Mayweather Jr. Uh, is going to charge about $1,000 to give you a birthday message. Now, these things will range from a couple of bucks up to, I guess, Floyd at $1,000. To give you an, a sample of this, because I've never listened to any of these. I know of it, but I've never listened. Floyd doesn't have any samples up there because nobody's been crazy enough to spend $1,000 yet. But I did find Charlie Sheen, and Charlie Sheen will charge you $350 on Cameo for this type of birthday message. How are we doing? Sam. Sam Strike Leather. <laughs> what a name. It's Charlie Sheen. And this is coming to you uh, from your dad, Neil. How, 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 how very thoughtful of him. So I understand it's, uh, it's your 28th birthday. So, so good for you, good for you. You're making your way through the years. Awesome, awesome. I think back on 28 and gosh, that feels like 38, 48. That feels like, uh, I don't know, 26 years ago. <laughs> anyway, my man. Um, I was going to continue to play the whole thing, but it's terrible. I think people are leaving the podcast. Charlie Sheen might be the biggest mess there possibly is. It goes on for about another minute of him hemming and hawing and not really knowing what to say. And, of course, it's not like Charlie Sheen's going to put any time into it. But 
the point is, is I was just looking for somebody random that most people would know, and he's going to charge $350 for that. The place must stay in business. There's thousands of former celebrities or never was, and uh, Charlie Sheen was just one of them. But anyway, Floyd Mayweather Jr. is going to charge you $1,000. And I don't even know if it would be as good as what Charlie Sheen uh, just put out, and Charlie Sheen will cost you $350 on Cameo. Number three in your top five stories today, this is hilarious. So Steve Levy, you probably know him from ESPN, very professional. Uh, at The Athletic, great site. Uh, look, they're not giving me any money. I just The Athletic's really, really good. And if you have a few extra bucks rattling around in your pocket, which many of us don't nowadays, I would, su- I would suggest The Athletic. A lot of good uh, content. If not, I-, I understand. So there was a piece in there that asked local broadcasters, national broadcasters, if they could have one call back. Well, if you don't remember, Steve Levy in 1996 on SportsCenter was the author of Bulging Disc without the S. So, Bulging Dick. Well, rather than me telling you about this, I uh, did a couple of things. I grabbed Steve Levy and a cut off the Dan Patrick show. And again, Dan Patrick was working for ESPN as well. And Keith Oberman was working with Steve Levy that night. So, again, rather than explaining to you what was said... Here is Steve Levy on the Dan Patrick Show, and then after that, I will play the actual cut. So again, Steve Levy talking about his moment that he would like to have back on the Dan Patrick Show. And uh, Maurice Hurst of the Patriots is suffering from a bulging disc in his neck. And again, it really wasn't the prompter's fault. I typed it correctly into the prompter, and and I make the mistake. And then I I really kept it together for quite some time, and we are in, in video of career-ending injuries to other people, and then we start to lose it. And, and Keith is really no help, and uh, <laughs> and I'm really trying to keep it together. And um, the, the behind-the-scenes story that I don't think was told, so Mike McQuaid, we have a... Mike McQuaid was the producer of SportsCenter. At the time, right. Yeah. Now he oversees all SportsCenter. Yeah. Uh, so we there was a figure skating story to come out of this, which my guess is probably belonged to Keith. He would do the next story. It was the death of a figure skater, okay? Oh, boy. So in our industry, when a story goes away, we put it down later in the show, we say, kill it. Yeah. So kill the figure skater, right, is is what McQuaid says, meaning we're not going to do that story. Well, that everybody cracks up over again. She's already dead, right? Yeah. So, uh, so, <laughs> so we can't handle that. The cameras are shaking. Um, Keith is doing his thing. And Keith has the line, which is, you know, Steve, do we have any video of that? Uh, I, oh, I thought it was, thank God we don't have video well, of that. Well, along something those like- lines, yeah. And so everybody loses it again. I mean, the cameras are shaking, you know. <laughs> and I, I, Dan, I really thought I was going to get fired. I, I really did. Um, it was such a big deal. And, and I, I'm walking out of the studio and I, people are carrying tapes, you know, under both arms. I had 50 voicemails by the time I got back to my desk from prominent national broadcasters who I've never met before. And, um, and then I got a call from Norby the next day, and I thought this was the, your fired call. So Norby is your boss. Yeah. They had a sports center. Right. And he says, uh, hey, that's some of the funniest television I've ever seen. <laughs> Keep up the great work. And I swear to God, to this day, once a month, someone will approach me and say, hey, you're the, you're the bulging disc guy. So there you go. That is Steve Levy of ESPN. And again, the reason I bring it up on today's Caboose Pistol podcast is that The Athletic was running a piece that talked about uh, talking to broadcasters and saying, what is the moment you want to have back? So there is Steve Levy of ESPN on the Dan Patrick Show describing it. Now, here's what happened in 1996. And again, Keith Oberman 
by his side. And now the agent for Hurst has come out and said he will file a grievance against the Patriots that according to NFL rules, the club should not have been able to release his client because he was injured. The agent claims that at the request of the team, Hurst has been playing with a bulging dick disc in his neck since the start of the season. The Patriots spokesperson declined comment on the matter. Others that are banged up from around the NFL. Jeff Hostetler re-injured his left shoulder on this hit by Chad Hennings late in the first half of the Cowboys-Raiders games. Status to be addressed on Wednesday. Giants quarterback Dave Brown left in the fourth quarter after having the win knocked out of him in the game against the Eagles. As far as the Lions quarterback is concerned, Scott Mitchell. Sprained right ankle when Jim Flanagan rolled into him. Status is day to day. Eagles quarterback, Rodney Pete. <laughs> you said it, suffered a bruised hip flexor in the first half of Sunday's Eagles-Giants game did not return. He's expected to be back Sunday against the Redskins. Mike Mamula, his teammate, suffered a dislocated left shoulder. He's expected to miss two weeks. <laughs> Jaguars quarterback, Mark Brunel, on this fine play, running into the end zone for the touchdown, straightened his right hamstring, status uncertain. Man, there is nothing wrong with these injuries. Yeah. This is not funny. This is serious stuff. Finally, the Bengals' James Francis broke a bone in his lower left leg. Francis out for the year. My apologies. Not laughing at the injured. Thank goodness there's no video of that. <laughs> there he goes. Thank goodness there's no video of the bulging dick disc. Uh, anyway, that's uh, Steve Levy from 1996. And again, just to reiterate what he had said on the Dan Patrick show, he's talking about injuries and they're showing these videos of these guys like busted up their knees and he's laughing and he's thinking, I'm definitely getting fired and Oberman's not helping. And having been in that situation myself, and you have too, whether it's in a meeting or at home or laughing with your family or whatever, and you just kind of get in that hysterical state that you can't get out of. We've all been there. But he's doing it on national TV with millions of people watching as he's describing injuries that could uh, end a guy's career, and he's laughing during it. And then you've got cameramen, and they're normally supposed to stabilize. And you look up, and they're laughing so hard that the cameras are going up and down with their laughter. Maybe you could get... Uh, get away from it as far as the, the production room is concerned. You look in the production room, they're all laughing. And then as he put it out on the Dan Patrick show, the figure skater story about, uh, story about the dead figure skater in his ear, you got an earpiece on when you're on TV, in your ear, he says, kill the figure skater, which gets everybody going again because she's already dead. And then he gets back to his desk and he's not fired. That part is nice. All right, that's number three, Steve Levy. The story's in The Athletic about do-overs. For broadcasters, uh, number four today, no exchanging jerseys after NFL games. Uh, Richard Sherman tweets out the following of the 49ers. Sweat, spit, blood, but no jersey swat, uh, swaps. Fake hustle, NFL, spit, bleed, etc., but no jersey exchange. Uh, he said this is a perfect example of the NFL thinking in a nutshell. Players can go engage in a full contact game and do it safely. However, it is deemed unsafe for them to exchange jerseys after said game, and he's got laughing emojis. Uh, I mean, he's right. You're going to tackle a guy. You're going you're gonna to have your saliva on a guy. You're going to have your blood on a guy. You're going to have your sweat on a guy. You're going to, I mean, it's just, it, it, is, it is complete full contact, which I don't want to be negative, which I, why I believe that uh, it's, it's not going to work. I just can't see how it's going to work, but whatever. Uh, they're going to try it. I hope it works. It helps my pocketbook when the NFL is, is working, going, and thriving. But you're going to, so you're, 
your thought process is you're going to have all, all this all this uh, swapping of human uh, fluids and then after the game the problem will be that they're exchanging jerseys. I always think of these situations and you know where I'm going with this as far as business is concerned. You know where you sit in a meeting and the dumb idea comes from the big boss. Who's going to step up to the big boss? This had to be a meeting in which Goodell or somebody high up said, you know what we should do is not swap jerseys. And everybody looked at each other like, is this guy a jackass? But he was probably so high up that you couldn't really say anything. Great job, boss. Great point, boss. Great idea, boss. Good. <laughs> we'll, put it, we'll put it in. Oh, goodness. No jersey swaps. But hey, sweat all over, bleed all over. But the jersey swap is going to be the thing that's going to be a problem. Finally, number five on the list of the five stories you got to know today. Of course, the Washington uh, team of the NFL. Um, I don't want to say the name. Uh, it looks like the leader in the clubhouse at this point is Washington Warriors. Washington Warriors. Remember the uh, movie from 1979? Warriors, come out to when I was little, I thought that, or younger, much younger, I thought that that was a the great movie. And then one time I watched it again, and it was terrible. It's just uh, things change. Uh, I would say get your own name. There's already a Warriors, is there not? They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Uh, thanks, Mike Breen. Uh, yeah, there's a Warriors. I mean, it seems to me that if you want to fully capitalize on this whole thing, what would be really cool if you were the Redskins is take four or five names, drum up interest, do an online poll, let the fans vote. If you want to manipulate the vote because you want a certain name, that's fine, but get the fans involved so that they feel like they have a stake in your team. How about that? Use marketing. Make this thing something because then they're going to go back and they're going to buy all your gear and you're going to make a bunch of money. Make it something cool. I don't know where your marketing department is. Maybe you laid them off. I have no idea. But did you say at Warriors? There's already a Warriors. Like, come up with your own team. There's, there's thousands. There's hundreds of thousands of names you could call your team. You've already got a Warriors. Come up with something different. Anyway, whatever. You can call yourself whatever you want to call it. I am all for changing the name of the Redskins, but... The Warriors, it seems like you're getting to it fast. It seems like you're not marketing. And oh, by the way, there's a bad movie and a team that was pretty good at one point and is probably going to be pretty good again. I would imagine that you probably could come up with a more original name, but I could be wrong. All right, those are your top five stories for the Caboose podcast for July 9th, 2020. Let's get to it. You know what comes next. It is time for the asshole of the day. He's an asshole, sir. Major asshole. How many assholes we got on this ship, anyhow? Yo! What an asshole! He's a special kind of asshole. What an asshole! Because you're an asshole. Asshole. What's his name? Well, here's the thing. I, I don't have a huge asshole of the day today. Like, I, I normally have one that I'm really angry with. I'm not really overly angry with this person, but... I needed an excuse to play the sound that I'm going to play you, so I'm going to call this guy the asshole of the day. And it was a couple of days ago, but again, the sound is going to be worth it that I play you. So I proceed. Peter King called eating competitions like the Nathan's Famous, which was on July 4th, won by Joey Chestnut. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, 
And so Joey Chestnut is from San Jose. So I, I like Joey Chestnut. He put down 75 hot dogs in a different kind of environment. You may have seen it. Maybe you don't like to watch it. It can be nasty at times. There's no question. But Peter King said that that contest was a sin and he never would watch it. Now, look, I know gluttony's a sin. I understand that. And I guess you could call that gluttonous. But to me, Peter, you've made a living off the NFL for the last 30 years. And I got to think what, what NFL players do to their bodies for money is a lot worse than what Joey Chestnut does to his. But whatever. I'm just using you as a foil today because I need to play this. We had... Joey Chestnut on my show, the hot dog champion, 13-time mustard belt champion, by the way. We had him on the show today, and uh, I was thinking of a way I was going to fit this conversation in. Now, you can go to KMBR.com, and you can hear the whole thing, because I think all of it was good, because he was, he was really good, and he was hilarious. But, so we got down to it, and we were talking about how he trains and how, what he considers himself, all these different kind of things. But he got into, uh, he, was, he was talking and I thought to myself, he was saying how much he liked baseball. And I thought to myself, if, I, if Joey Chestnut and I went to a baseball game, uh, what would it be like? Yeah, you so you, you do, do that. Like if, yeah. if you go to a game, what do you do? Like they see you come and they're like, oh no, do we have enough? <laughs> like, what, what, if you go to a ball game, how many will you put down in a game? It's usually, it's, it's up there. Uh, it's... It, It'll be about a dog and a dog and a beer in the inning. Uh so so it's um yeah, at least nine nine, but um or nine or ten. But it's uh I love them. I do it it, it just feels good. And and I don't really eat like that every day. it's definitely a reward day or after yeah. uh, after a couple few days of eating super healthy. Uh yeah, I, 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 I do eat healthy. I got to ask you a question cuz this guy just on Twitter just put out a great question for you. NorCal Nostradamus says, ask Joey if he was forced to have ketchup or mustard on his dog, which one would he choose? So, like, if you're sitting down with a dog, being the expert that you are, what's the condiments that you put on a hot dog if you're not, you know, competitively eating a hot dog? Oh, I, I like a, um, a spicy mustard or deli mustard. I like uh, raw onions. But, I mean, it, it, you can put anything on a hot dog. There, I put cheese and guacamole. There's, like, the Southwest dogs with guacamole and peppers. And there's... It, I've even had the kimchi on hot dogs, and so it's uh, or in in Cincinnati or not Cincinnati, uh, Seattle, they put the uh, cream cheese on there, and it's it's good. It's, it's uh, I'm not I'm not like an absolute purist where you have to have it one way. Uh, it, there's there's multiple ways to have a hot dog, but at a at a ball game, usually it's, it's just mustard and raw, raw onions that they have them. There you go, world champion eater. Joey Chestnut. And by the way, we did have the catch-up conversation, and he said, look, I don't put them on. Others can have them on. I don't know why people get so angry. I'm not a catch-up person in my house. I have salsa in my house, sriracha in my house, barbecue sauce in my house, those kind of things. I'm not a catch-up guy. I wouldn't put ketchup on a hot dog, but if you'd like to, that's fine. It's like everything in life. You like a certain show? I don't. You like a certain sport? I may not. Uh, I don't like ketchup on a hot dog. There are certain ways I like things. I think mayonnaise is disgusting. You may think it's great. You may put ketchup and mayonnaise together and make a fry sauce. I don't care. That's your taste. People get angry. I was just curious what he put on a dog. He said if he was just eating hot dogs for pleasure and not for work, he would have a spicy mustard with some raw onions. I'm not a raw onion guy. I like them grilled, but I'm not a raw onion guy. But again, I'm not, I'm not getting angry if you like that. That is Joey Chestnut. And again, he's not the asshole of the day. Joey Chestnut is not the asshole of the day. I said Peter King was because Peter King said that uh, competitive eating was a sin. Does that guy sound like a sinner? Come on. I'm an asshole, and I'm proud of it.
Thank you very much. All right, it is your Caboose Pistol podcast for July 9th. 2020. John Lund with you. And again, all things at CaboosePistol.com. We've got all the episodes of the podcast. We have video up there. We have stories, all those kind of things. You can check it out and have a fun time and waste some time and take some listens and do all those kind of things. All right. As you know by now, we always take the bad and then we turn to the good. So you have the asshole of the day and now you have one good thing. That's right. We take assholes and then we say, okay, what is Good. Well, this is good. this is definitely good. So I'm uh, I'm doing the show this afternoon, and let's get Mick up there a little bit. And uh, I'm always looking at Twitter during the show. You have to make sure that nothing's happening, nothing's breaking. And so I'm looking, and I see Keith Richards trending. And well, what what do you think I'm thinking? I'm thinking what you're thinking. Uh, he's dead. And finally, he's dead. That's a bummer. And I click on it, and Keith Richards isn't dead. Keith Richards is very much alive, but he was trending. So one good thing today, Keith Richards, Rolling Stones, not dead. Not dead. And so I thought that was good. That was my one good thing. Trending, got nervous, clicked on the stories. Keith Richards, not dead. Plus an excuse to play some Stones, too. So there you go. That is one good thing Keith Richards is alive as far as I know alive alive uh this is the point of the show and the podcast where we would get listener feedback and we would play your stuff or read your uh read your emails or whatever what we want to do is get that going remember if you want to leave a voicemail and I would love you to so that I don't have to make it about my voice which is the reason I play so much sound on the podcast I like to mix things up you can call 508-296-4949 that's 508-296-4949 Leave a message. I'll take the best ones, questions, comments, etc. You can also hit us up. Uh, hey, at CaboosePistol.com. Hey, at CaboosePistol.com. Or you can go to the message area. Uh, it'll say contact. You can go to the website at CaboosePistol.com, and you can do it that way as well. So any way you want to do it, 508-296-4949. We'll start to play the uh, feedback via the uh, voicemail, or you can just uh, send something in, and I will read it myself. Whatever you prefer, I would love to hear your voice, but I understand if you don't want to be on the show. Sometimes I don't want to be on the show. Are you ready, finally, for the big ending, the caboose? Pistol. (laughs) The old caboose pistol. Everybody has one. Did you say caboose? I know some women who could hide a machine gun in there. Yeah. All right, Caboose Pistol time. And again, if you're not aware of the Caboose Pistol, CaboosePistol.com. For all your information, there's an about page why we have branded all of this Caboose Pistol. All right, let's start here. Uh, You may have heard this. Uh, It's a little bit strange, but um, Gwyneth Paltrow has a website uh, called Goop. I think it's Goop.com is what it is. And she sells all sorts of items. And of course... uh, because she doesn't need the money. She is wildly successful at Goop. She's wildly successful at Goop. And so uh, she's come out with something new, but to set this whole bit up, I want to play something old for you. What she did was she was on with uh, Jimmy Kimmel and her son, Moses, which by the way, you name your kid Moses, he's got a lot to live up to. That's a strong name. You got to live up to something if you're Moses. Uh, so she was talking about this candle uh, well, let her describe it. But her her son 
but her son came into the room while she was doing uh, so where she was doing this interview, and it was just strange because he was kind of sitting there and she's talking about this candle. So let me uh, let me get this for you. This is Gwyneth Haltrow talking about the most successful item on her website, Goop. You explain it. Okay. <laughs> Well, uh, it's a candle. Yeah. And um, so it's called This Smells Like My Vagina. Uh, so it sort of started as a joke. We were, I was with the nose Douglas Little at, for his brand Heretic, and we were kind of messing around. And uh, I smelled this beautiful thing, and I was like, this smells like my vagina. <laughs> right. And I was kidding, obviously. Um, and we were on mushrooms. And, no, we, were, we weren't on mushrooms. We weren't. We weren't. Yeah. But um, so then it actually became kind of a funny thing where it was, A, really funny to us. Yeah. Um, but also a little bit punk rock. And, you know, I mean, I think women, uh, a lot of us have grown up feeling certain degrees of shame around our body or whatever. So this is just a little bit of a, you know, subversive candle for all of us out there. And have- all right. So there you go. There's Gwyneth Paltrow. And that was on with Seth Meyers. She had done one before. I couldn't find the audio of it, but you get the idea of where her son Moses walked in. So then, and by the way, it's $75 for that candle, completely sold out. $75 completely sold out on her website. Anyway, she says this now today. She got her 14-year-old son Moses, like I told you, very strong name, a lot to live up to, a jigsaw puzzle, and it's, uh, she says, just for fun. Now, I'm looking at the puzzle, and what it is, is it's a bunch of cartoon breasts. Now, remember, he's 14, and it's a puzzle, and it's entitled Boobs. Uh, a Brooklyn-based freelance illustrator, Julia Hefferman, uh, designed the puzzle, and it's $40. But again, he's 14. His name is Mo- Moses. So his mom so far has exposed him to a candle that smells like her vagina and now a boob puzzle. Now, look, I'm not saying anything. She's probably a great mom. She's probably a better mom than I am a dad. I have a 16-year-old. I don't think I'd get him a boob puzzle. But what it does, a cartoon boob puzzle at that, but it does remind me of Jonah Hill in Superbad. Remember when he couldn't stop drawing penises? Well, that's what this puzzle looks like. It looks like Jonah Hill in Superbad, and he was drawing penises, and this person was drawing boobs. And then it's like, hey, son, here's boobs, and you're 14. Look, I'm not, I'm not uh, judging her. I'm just simply saying that that's what he got, or that's what she got for her 14-year-old son, Moses. Next on the Caboose Pistol for July 9th, 2020, I hope I'm not stereotyping here. But a survey finds Kentuckians have been drunk for 50 hours during the lockdown. That sounds like a lot. I'm not sure if it is. It says new research out shows Kentuckians have been drunk for approximately, I sound drunk, for approximately, hey, Seven full eight-hour workdays during 11 weeks of lockdown. Again, let's do the math here. Kentuckians have been drunk for approximately seven full eight-hour workdays during 11 weeks of lockdown. I can't even get it out of my mouth. I swear I haven't been drinking. I just went from one show to the other, so maybe I have been. It sounds like a lot, or is it not? Again, feedback. Hey, at CaboosePistol.com. You can hit me up. 508-296-4949. Does that sound like a lot? They've been drunk for approximately seven full eight-hour workdays during 11 weeks of lockdown. 50 hours is what they're saying. 50 hours of lockdown. 
It says, that may seem like a lot, but the Bluegrass State was one of only 10 states below the century mark. Indiana residents spent 102 hours drunk during the 11-week period. So apparently uh, Indiana, South Dakota adults, they were the top spot. 468 hours. Nevada, uh, let's see, only 33 hours. See, Nevada's like, we get this all the time. We don't need to be drunk all the time. Nevada was the bottom. Wow. Well, I guess Vegas was closed. So that had a lot to do with it. But anyway, there you go. How drunk have you been uh, during our lockdown? Uh, There you go. Uh, This is in Seminole, Florida. We always have to have a Florida story if we're going to do the caboose pistol right. A Largo man uh, was arrested by Pinellas County deputies. And by the way, Pinellas County, there's something weird in the water down there because yesterday we did the story about the Toronto Blue Jays player, Reese McGuire, who was doing his business in a parking lot and got caught. This is the same area. This is Tampa Dunedin area. Uh, this guy was seen on a surveillance video walking around a Burlington coat factory with his privates exposed. 37-year-old Derek Hardison captured Hardison. Hey-oh, that was, that's his name. That's really his name. 37-year-old Derek Hardison. Thank you. Was captured on the surveillance video walking inside the Seminole department store picking up a bottle of lotion and walking around with his penis exposed. My lord. Like, can't you go home like the rest of us? This is the same thing I said about Reese McGuire. Can't you go home? Now, maybe you have roommates. I don't know about this 37-year-old man with the name that has heart in it. But it's it, 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 in public, I've never, honestly, in all my years on this earth, I have never, ever, ever, honestly, honestly, I would tell you. I probably wouldn't tell you, but I'm being honest. I, I've never thought in public, you know what I got to do? Burlington Coat Factory and I got to go grab some lotion. Or I'm going to sit in my SUV, as we talked about yesterday, and and. Finish myself off. I've never thought of that. It just has, the thought has never crossed my mind. I got to, I'm going home. I'm going to get some private time. Not in the mood when I'm in public like that. I'm just not, I don't know. Might be me. And finally, police in Australia said a driver pulled over for speeding on the highway, gave officers a good excuse. He was fighting off one of the world's deadliest snakes. This was in Australia. Said the driver only identified as Jimmy. Well, is this back to the other story? Uh, 27 was pulled over on a highway. Uh, where an officer got him going 76 in a 62. Now, look, you never get out of tickets. You're going 76 in a 62, they bust you. If you're a guy, you never get out of tickets, right? Well, Jimmy told the officers he had been driving on the highway when he suddenly spotted an eastern brown snake. Now, I'm not an expert on snakes, but this is a bad one. One of the most venomous species in the world, it was slithering by his legs. It just started to wrap around me. Its head just started striking at the driver's seat chair between my legs. Jimmy told police. Enough is enough! I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane! Everybody strap in! I'm about to open some fucking windows. All right, anytime we can play Samuel L. Jackson, we try to. Jimmy told the police officer he used a knife to kill the snake, which he was able to show the officer. He feared he had been bitten by the snake, but paramedics determined the serpent had not successfully broken his skin. The driver was treated for shock. I'm pretty surprised that he could go 76 even in a fairly straight line. Uh, in a 62, they said it was 76 in a 62. I guess it is weird in Australia. 76 in a 62. Who has a 62 mile per hour zone? Anyway, uh, he survived. There was snakes. I hate snakes. You hate snakes. There you go. All right, that is the Caboose Pistol Podcast for July 9th, 2020. I'm John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco. Remember, feedback. 508-296-4949, 508-296-4949, where you can leave your message for the podcast. Hey, at CabooseBistol.com. That's hey at CabooseBistol.com. 
Aiden All Stories at CaboosePistol.com. At Caboose Pistol on Twitter, at John Lund Radio on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hope you enjoyed the pod. That is the pod for July 9th. That is the pod for July 9th, 2020.